off of Amadio. Knights get it. Eichel down the middle alone. Slides it into the goal. Jack Eichel. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Still in the zone. Theodore, one-timer, wide right. Rebound, wah, he scores! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace out here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. You're gonna go. You're gonna want to get down here. I'm gonna explain to you why in just a moment. No Darren Millard today. That's right. I've got the keys to the castle. Who knows where we're gonna go today? Chris Chapman, though, he's back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the. Woo! Oh, I got you off balance, didn't I? A little bit. Yeah. All right, let's do it again. Home of the. Woo! There it is. So, Chris Chapman, Ryan Wallace, we are with you four until six. And listen, you're going to want to get down here to the OYO. You're going to want to get down here to the Underground Lounge. This is how we're going to do things today. Today. We do have a pair of Vegas Golden Knights Chicago Blackhawk tickets for tomorrow. We're going to give that away at the bottom of the hour today. Okay, so 25, 30 minutes, we're giving away those tickets. Then here at the Underground Lounge, I'm going to sign you up for your chance to win Megadeth tickets. It's Megadeth. Get down here. It's going to be an awesome show. You're going to want to put your name in the hat if you win the Megadeth tickets, you will also qualify for our end-of-season giveaway. It's a Golden Knights jersey. You don't want to miss this. And also, I'm just going to tell you this right now. Like, we're here every Monday at the Oil. Being here on a Friday, it's just it's a different type of a vibe. It really is, Chapman. If you could only be here with me and you're not, and that's okay because you and I are not contractually obligated to be in the same room, and that's fine. But if you could be here at the Underground Lounge, the vibe is really really where it needs to be and you can understand why this is such a great spot prior to golden night games vgk drink specials three dollar bacardi's new amsterdam's jim beams bud buckets five for ten dollars free parking short walk to t-mobile arena this is the ultimate place to have your fun prior to a vegas golden knights game so get down here come see me say hello put your name in the hopper go see megadeth if you win and then get entered into our end-of-season giveaway. It's win, 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 win. Kind of like what the Golden Knights did last night. Chapman, what yeah. do you think of that game? I Well, I mean, there, there's a lot of different places to go, different places to start, different things to talk about. Um, look, it the first period was up until, I get what was it, about the 16-and-a-half-minute mark? It was phenomenal. Uh-huh. You get you get the goal from Matias Yanmark. You get uh, was it Dodonov who scored the second goal? Um, it, it was fantastic. And then you have a really really scary moment. And I I could tell you that that from where I was sitting, it, it was and I'm sure for everyone in attendance and everyone watching at home, I think every single person had the same feel. And our concern was not about hockey. We didn't care about hockey at that moment. We cared about Brett Howden. 
And we, we were hoping, and for those who pray, praying that he was okay. And, you know, we, we, we got, it was scary. And then we got back to hockey, and the game was really fun. Um, and the Golden Knights played an exceptional game against a quality opponent. It, there, there's so many different aspects of it. The power play got going. I thought Jack Eichel, I, I don't know if it was his best game, but it certainly is in discussion for his best game because he was so good. The goal he scored, I'm like just, I can't get it out of my head. The way he just went right through and like, you know what? I'm taking control of this game and I'm not going to be stopped here. And he scores a goal. The reception for Evgeny Dodonov, I thought was, one of the loudest cheers we've heard all season. Yep. Um, look, I mean, it, it it was one of those games where I'm going to steal the line from Shrek. Oh boy! It, it's like an onion because there's so many layers that you peel back. Mm-hmm. It was it was really uh, uh, an emotional game. It was a good game, and I thought the Golden Knights maybe played their best game in the last couple of months. So are we? Are is that what you feel? Like you you feel like that game last night was an onion? Well, like if we're gonna if we're gonna distill it all down into one phrase, well, only because how Chris there's Chapman feels about last <laughs> night's game. It's an onion. Only because there's so many different layers to it. I actually don't like onions, but um, there's so many different layers to, to peel back. I, I I can't think of another fruit or vegetable that has. This is, this is so meandering. It's fantastic. <laughs> I can't I think it. of another fruit or vegetable that has a bunch. It's not an eggplant. It's not. It's not a cauliflower. It's you know. It's got layers. Oh, boy. Uh, okay. Chris Chapman, <laughs> get Ben Goats on the line. We're going to talk to Ben Goats here uh, to open up the show about the Vegas Golden Knights, what the, the math looks like for Vegas down the stretch. And obviously, we're, we're going to get into a bit of what this week was like uh, covering the Vegas Golden Knights. As a, as a beat reporter, when you are looking at, you know, Evgeny Dodonov, the trade, uh, that trade being voided, the Donov coming back, the stories, the scripts that you're writing in these situations, uh, they're absolutely fascinating. We've got one-timers coming up in hour number two. Uh, we've got our game ratings. I, I wonder where Chris Chapman's going to go if he's using onions already. I can only imagine how hot of a pepper he's going to try to invent or find uh, in this situation. We'll also get some sound from today. From Pete DeBoer, from Alex Petrangelo, everything from last night's game and reacting to that to what's to come tomorrow for the Vegas Golden Knights as they take on the Chicago Blackhawks. As you are all aware, it's a noon start time. Pre-game show will be on the air at 11 a.m. So a bright and early morning for me. I guarantee you I will have the coffee ready and we will be energized and ready to go just like the Golden Knights were last night and just like Ben Goats always is when there is a trade to break and then there is a trade to be voided and then there is a player in Evgeny Dodonov having himself a whale of a game as he's welcome back to the Vegas Golden Knights. Ben Goats with the Las Vegas Review-Journal is joining us here. Uh, ben, how do you wrap your mind around the last week surrounding the Golden Knights? Man, I don't even know. It has just <laughs> been bonkers, nonstop news for the past four or five days or so. A lot of it crazy. Obviously, some of it uh, scary last night, but all of it just interesting and fascinating. The team never takes days off in terms of uh, making headlines, which is obviously great if you're in our business. I'm sure they would probably not like to do it as much as they're doing it, but 
when, you know, the fact that Marc-Andre Fleury is wearing a different ball cap against the Golden Knights uh, on Monday is like the eighth biggest story of the week, you know that this has just been an absolutely insane stretch of a couple days. Would you classify it as an onion? Layers, layers, like onions. I get what you're saying. <laughs> I, I think I could go with that. I think I could get my Shrek on. Okay, fantastic. So you were you were listening. You heard Chris Chapman and, and everything that he said uh, to a very simple question. Now, when it comes to the Golden Knights, obviously the win last night was big, but you also look at this from a, from a maybe a more critical eye. Uh, we know that that Brett Howden is is doing okay. We don't expect that he's going to be available for a while. You lose Nolan Patrick in that game as well. For a team that was already banged up, kind of one of the things lost, I think, in that big win last night is moving forward, this is going to be a team that is still incredibly banged up. Still incredibly banged up, still incredibly shorthanded, and for now, still playing an incredibly packed schedule where they've got the Blackhawks at noon tomorrow, so an early start, less rest between games than usual, and it closes out just truly, truly an insane a slate of games for the Golden Knights this month. They are going to be playing, if I'm doing my math right here, their 15th game in 26 days in the month of March tomorrow. That is just nuts. And obviously you can only imagine how all these players are feeling now at this point, especially because of all these injuries. Several of them have had to take on, you know, increased workloads, extra minutes, extra shifts to try to get through all of these games. Now, there's light at the end of the tunnel in terms of then they've got three days off before playing the Seattle Kraken on Wednesday, but the Knights definitely need to kind of take a deep breath and kind of power through at least one more game here, a game that they really need to win before they can kind of start to breathe easy a little bit and look at the road ahead because that's the crazy part to me, too, if they have just had to load up on minutes on a lot of these guys because they've been so shorthanded. Yeah, and you know, that's kind of the interesting thing as you look at the, the stretch run here for the Vegas Golden Knights because as, as wild and compacted as the schedule has been in the month of March, um, when you're only playing like 13 games in the month of April, it makes what you went through in March seem uh, like a breeze in comparison. And then you look at some of the teams that the Golden Knights are going to be chasing, the Dallas Stars in particular, they play 16 games in April, so do you do you view the easiest path for the Golden Knights to make the playoffs, say through the Pacific Division, or do you think that either Nashville or Dallas, one of those two teams, that's where the Golden Knights have to find a way to sneak in? Yeah, that's a really interesting question, and honestly, my answer is kind of a cop up, but it's going to be a little bit of TBD because you can look at all these things a lot of different ways, right? Because, like as you pointed out. The Stars have a lot of games left on the schedule. You could obviously say, like, that's a good thing for Dallas because they've got all these games in hands where they can really increase their lead on the Golden Knights. Or they could be a bad thing in terms of they're going to be exhausted. And I thought, obviously, the Stars were exhausted yesterday and got bailed out by Scott Wedgwood, of all people, uh, in Carolina. <laughs> and so how long is that team going to be able to kind of keep the wheels on, especially with Miro Heiskanen out of the lineup? I don't know, but I think, you know, looking at it from the outside, it sure seems like that's a tough path. But then you look, you know, in the Pacific Division, I think Edmonton's gotten on a roll. 
and our new coach, Jay Woodcroft. L.A. has been playing really solid, but is there going to be an opening there with the Kings just because of how banged up they are right now? Obviously, the Golden Knights injury issues are significant and real, but the Kings have eight guys on injured reserve as well, so are they going to be able to kind of keep up their current pace, and is that going to potentially open the door for the Knights? Uh, I don't know. I can see either path, you know, potentially being open for the Knights at uh, some point down the stretch this season, but I think obviously the most important thing for me is that the Golden Knights just have to uh, play well and put themselves in a position to even take advantage of either one of those situations happening because obviously overall, since the calendar flipped to 2022, they have not exactly been kind of scorching hot. They've lost more games than they have won, and so obviously if that continues their last 15 games, I don't think it necessarily is going to matter too, too much what anyone else does. We're going to bring Chris Chapman here in just a moment, but Ben, I, when you look at the math, when you, when you do the math, when you are, are viewing what the Golden Knights have to do in the final 15 games of the season, put a number on it. Like how many wins do they need here? So I was saying going into last night, I think they needed double-digit wins at a minimum, so they got one. So I would say at a minimum you need to win nine of these last 15 probably to even just put yourself in the ballpark. And then from there you're kind of at the mercy of you know how well the Oilers, Stars, and Kings finish. I can see you know it easily being a scenario where the Knights might have to go 11-4 and four to try to get into the playoff picture. But like I said, I think nine is kind of your baseline starting at a minimum, which sounds like a lot. But overall, I think the Knights do have some solace in the fact that their schedule is pretty favorable. I believe, according to the website Tankathon, uh, before I looked, before yesterday's game, they had the second most favorable schedule in the NHL through the end of the regular season. They're playing a lot of teams out of the playoff picture. I believe they only have five games against projected playoff teams remaining. So there is going to be an opportunity for them to make hay if they're going to be able to take advantage of it. Because obviously, you know, it wasn't too long ago we talked about a five-game road trip that looked pretty easy for them, and they didn't take advantage of that at all. But like I said, if you just look at it on paper, there will be an opportunity for them to make hay, but it's going to have to be significant hay. Like I said, I think they're looking at a nine and six finish, probably at a minimum, and it's likely going to take a little bit more than that. Ben Goats with the Las Vegas Review Journal joining us here as we talk the Golden Knights and the push for the playoffs. It is on right now. Let's open it up. Chris Chapman, what do you got for Ben? Yeah, Ben, I'm, I'm kind of glad you mentioned the road trip because they've lost seven straight on the road, and in those seven games, they've only led for roughly four and a half minutes total in all seven of those games, and it seems like they're constantly chasing on the road. That's funny, though, because you come home, you got the three wins out of your last three games at home, why is this team having a problem scoring goals and getting out in front and playing with the lead on the road? And obviously they don't have that issue at home. Yeah, well, it's so funny, right? Because I believe it was Chandler Stevenson that asked about this today. I mean, you fast forward or rewind a month ago, I think we would have said the opposite, right? The nice <laughs> road record was awesome. And why can't this team win at home? They've always been able to win at home. And all of a sudden, yeah, the contrast has kind of completely flipped and it's gotten really stark the other way where obviously the Knights got shut out their last two road games and they've got 16 goals their last uh, three home games. I mean, I think, you know, obviously on like road trips like the one 
they've been on, I do think it's one of the things where just everything seems to compound itself Golden Knights when they seem to fall behind on the road. I actually don't think they've necessarily played awful games, especially their latest trip in Winnipeg and Minnesota, considering the lineups they were icing. But once those other teams get the first goals, even though the Knights, especially in Winnipeg, hadn't been playing that poorly, I think you just saw kind of a deep sigh, kind of the air fall out of the balloon a little bit. And then, obviously, I think you saw the opposite last night, where they get that first goal very quickly against the Nashville Predators, and it just lifts them up where they just feel that much more confident about their game, and that enables them to kind of coast to an easy win. Um, I, like I said, I don't think their games have necessarily been like that crazy, spectacularly different You know, at home lately versus on the road. They've actually even played some pretty tough opponents at home in terms of wins against the Florida Panthers, the Kings, who they're chasing in the Pacific, and the Predators, who are in a playoff spot compared to, obviously, the Jets and the Wild. The Jets are not in the playoff picture on the road. But I think it's just so obvious right now that this team, because they know they're shorthanded, because they know they don't necessarily have the horses that they always do, their confidence is kind of sometimes on a razor's edge. And obviously, they get the first goal last night. They're feeling really good about things, and they feel that they have a chance to go out and get points. And when they don't get that first goal, I think they know how much of an uphill climb that is, and it makes it that much harder on them mentally right now to try to get themselves back in it. You know, Ben, when you, when you look at this week, and, and obviously that, that entire saga with Evgeny Dodonov being traded, that trade being voided, Dodonov being welcomed back into the locker room by his teammates, by the coaching staff, and then you look at the game that Dodonov put in, a goal, two assists, three-point night for Evgeny last night against the Nashville Predators. Like, does this team kind of galvanize around this for however long it lasts? Like, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. We don't know what, if any, corresponding moves the Golden Knights are going to need to make to open up cap space. Uh, But do you just feel like for this moment, right now, this is something that this team can rally around? Yeah, I think it's something that just clearly energized the group, right? I think it was so obvious when the T-Mobile Arena had that really nice ovation for Evgeny when he was announced as a starter last night, that that was something that the entire team could kind of rally behind. And we really haven't had a lot of those moments for the Knights this year. Obviously, it's partially because so many guys have been in and out of the lineup. There hasn't been a consistent group necessarily. There hasn't been, you know, a lot of times where it's really felt like there's this one big cohesive group out there for the Golden Knights. But that was just something that was so obvious and so easy, I think, for everyone to get behind is, hey, let's go out there, let's root for Evgeny, let's make him look good, and let's celebrate the fact that he's still here. I think you could just tell how excited the Knights were for him when he scored that goal last night because immediately all the other guys on the power play come over and you know start rubbing his helmet and stuff like that. And I think that was something that was so necessary for the Knights at this point where they've obviously dealt with a lot of adversity. They've dealt with a lot of, you know, losing streaks recently. And so to have a night like last night where it's all about obviously, you know, celebrating the fact that they've got this guy still here, celebrating the fact that he had, you know, one of his best games of the season. It was only a second three point game of the season. I think it was just something so obviously refreshing for this team and 
I'm curious, yeah, if that kind of continues, if he keeps on his hot streak. I mean, at this point, he's got five goals in his last five games, and I think uh, everyone he scores on from here is really going to be exciting for this team to watch. And then you, you've got Jack Eichel, who right now, I think, for the Golden Knights is, is looking more and more comfortable. He's hampered by an injury. Like, we all recognize and understand that. But uh, Jack being a leader, or at least wanting to lead on this team that has been so depleted all season long, is going out there. He's giving what he has. He can't take faceoffs, but it isn't preventing him from taking shots, and it isn't pre- preventing him from making the power play go like. Have you been impressed with, with that aspect of Jack's game? Not necessarily the skill. We all knew it was there, but his desire to help this team win as much as he is right now. Yeah, he's just a clear competitor, and you can see that. I think one of the coolest moments for me, too, is obviously he gets that last-minute goal, last almost second goal, really, against the Ottawa Senators, and it was really fascinating to hear him talk about after the game of, like, you know, these are the things you miss when you are out, these are the moments you want to be in as, you know, an athlete of, like, you want the puck on your stick in those moments. And obviously, it was so fascinating to hear kind of the nice to talk about, man, this playoff race is really challenging. This isn't something we're used to. Where Eichel is, like, the complete opposite, where he's like, oh, my gosh, we're a playoff race. Every game means something. This is awesome. This is cool. I'm excited about this. And it's just so interesting to kind of hear his perspective on that, and I do think that competitiveness really comes out in those moments when he's speaking about that. And you know, as you mentioned too, I really think, you know, even though he's still, I think, kind of finding his game at times with the Knights, and especially battling through his injury, I think he has just done a tremendous job elevating the power play recently. I know Pete DeBoer joked last night that you know it's coaching one on one to just say like, hey, get the puck on Jack Eichel's stick, but I think he's just making plays and you know, doing things that we did not see him do early on in his tenure with the team. I think it's clear he's gotten more comfortable with how the Knights want to run their power play. I think it's clear that he's gotten more used to how his teammates play on the power play. And that's led to kind of increased assertiveness and aggressiveness there, where I think early on he was kind of like, okay, how do I fit in here? How do I kind of play off of all these other guys? Where now he's just, boom, I'm making something happen. I'm going to go do something. You guys all react to me, and it's put defenses in a lot trickier binds than they were in before, and it's making that power play hum definitely a lot more than it was earlier in the season. Yeah, Ben, um, year one, Marc-Andre Fleury goes out. He suffers a concussion. He's he's out for 25 games, and it was kind of a, a group of unheralded goalies who who – Help this team stay in contention. You had Malcolm Subban, Maxime Lagasse, and even Dylan Ferguson got in for a period against the Oilers. Are there parallels between that and what Logan Thompson has been able to do since becoming basically the starter for this team in the, the, the last couple games? Because at this point, it, it, it seems like they're going to have to ride Logan Thompson as long as they, 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 they want to stay in contention. Yeah, I think that's a good call by you. I think it's really, really similar to that. Like I said, and it's interesting because this is a guy, obviously, right, that had to really fight his way into this opportunity. I mean, this is a guy who obviously played Canadian college hockey, which uh, is not anywhere close to American college hockey. There's no real NCAA tournament equivalent up there. I mean, you just don't see a lot of guys come out of there. Logan Thompson, I believe, is the first goaltender to make an appearance in the NHL 
from U Sports since 1994, which is the year uh, I was born, not to make anyone uh, feel old. You know, that's how long ago that can't, was. Since you can't throw that qualifier out there. In. You can't throw that qualifier out there after you already say it. That's just not fair. That's just not fair, Ben. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But that's obviously how remarkable uh, it is that Thompson's doing what he's doing. And obviously, it's a meteoric rise for him. He looks so much more calm and composed in the net. It feels like with every start, it was interesting to kind of see him take on the Predators for the second time and definitely seem to pick up, you know, some tips and tricks from that first time out uh, against Nashville. And, I mean, at the very least, he's making a strong case that he should never have to see the American Hockey League again right now. There's obviously still probably plenty of starts ahead for him this season and potentially moving forward, but he certainly has taken this job and done everything that he possibly could to run with it at this point since they kind of had to start turning to him with that Florida game. So I, I realize I'm in the minority here when it comes to loving this season, and I love this season because there are so many storylines. Uh, there are so many really awesome moments like we, we were talking about here with Logan Thompson, and, and I know that you'd much rather have a playoff spot wrapped up, but the fact of the matter is the Golden Knights have been battling through injury after injury after injury. Uh, it's just it's been remarkable in, in how many man games they have lost this year due to injury now that all being said and i understand going over their last seven games on the road is not ideal but i would make the argument that right now what pete DeBoer is doing behind the bench is arguably one of his best seasons coaching players because he's had a different cast seemingly every single night and he is getting these guys to buy in and play their butts off no, I would totally agree. I mean, like, let's keep in mind, I just mentioned the Florida Panthers. They beat the highest-scoring team in the NHL without about, like, four-sixths of their blue line. Yeah. I mean, that is just nuts. And, of course, with a goaltender that was third string at the beginning of the season. And that's definitely one of the takeaways I had last night as well, where just the night system and how detailed they are defensively is just so, so impressive, even against good teams like the Nashville Predators, who, you know, ordinarily, obviously, have a much better record than the Knights overall and certainly have a lot of talent compared to what the Knights were icing last night. But the Knights' breakouts were, I thought, excellent last night. They made great first passes. They were breaking Nashville's forecheck pressure really easily and then creating chances off the rush, which is when this team is at its best. And so the fact that... You know, Pete DeBoer has made, at times, a lot of chicken salad out of, you know, stuff. Has been really <laughs> impressive to me. They've got some really impressive wins in this stretch. And obviously, it hasn't always gone their way at times. But like I said, even I think, you know, in that game against Winnipeg, the Knights uh, don't obviously come out with a victory, but they were out shooting and out chanting the Jets for the majority of that game. And. You know, I think that still falls back on coaching as well because Pete DeBoer is not the one who ultimately has to put the pucks in the net or stop the pucks from going in the net. Ben, this is the last question that, that I've got, and then we'll, we'll let Chapman ask one more, and then we'll let you get out of here because we know that your Fridays are always fun and always entertaining, especially before an early game uh, tomorrow. Do you like noon start times? I'm normally excited about noon start times. I will say the fact that this is coming uh, during one of the 
greatest you know sports weekends of all time where we got NCAA hockey, including the Duluth Bulldogs going like right around. Puck drop tomorrow. Go Bulldogs. Let's go get to the second Frozen Four in a row. That'd be great. Um, that part's a little tough for me, not going to lie. But I do like the fact that I'm going to walk into that rink, you know, pretty early in the morning, get some coffee, get excited about hockey, leave in the afternoon with enough time to kind of still plan out the rest of my day, hopefully have an exciting weekend. And I am excited about that part. The specifics of, like, what it conflicts with, not ideal, but the actual noon start time on the weekend I'm a pretty big fan of. All right. All right, Chapman, wrap it up. All right, Ben, you, you mentioned you're going to have a little cup of coffee before the game. So are you stopping? And, and, and what's your go-to? Are you a Dutch Brothers guy? Are you a Starbucks guy? Is there something else that maybe I'm maybe Dunkin' Donuts? What's your go-to oh, on the way to the game? That's such a Chapman question. <laughs> so I usually get Starbucks, but here's the thing. I am so cheap when it comes to coffee. My first like experience was co- I taught myself to like coffee as a freshman in college because I knew it would help me survive. And I had like a $10 coffee maker in my little like, you know, like five by five dorm room or whatever that like had no creamer, no sugar or anything like just pure black coffee. And so now that is like the majority of what I drink. So like I am not like a person that goes to coffee shops very often just because like I said, I have like the cheapest taste and I can just make it at home for myself and just have a huge pot sitting around all day. So I, I do not have a very refined coffee palette just because of like my entry point into coffee was like the cheapest thing possible. I think your colleague over at the RJ Adam Hill would be very, very disappointed in you. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Yeah. We've talked about it before. It's one of several topics that Adam and I diverge on. Yeah. I don't even like coffee. So like I'm right there with you, Ben, I, you give me the most basic, coffee in the world I'll, I'll put a bunch of stuff in it to make it palatable and then we'll go from there it's all about the energy ben it, nicest nicest human being honestly in sports media oh well thank you oh my gosh Chapman coming in hot with the with the round of applause ben thanks so much for joining us here uh we will uh you know i i don't know if you're if you're doing anything tomorrow pregame but maybe we get you on the on the pregame show. We talk a little bit about Vegas and Chicago and the Golden Knights not having to play against Mark Andre Fleury. How does that sound for you? Hey, it sounds pretty great. I'm I'm available. There it is. We booked our guest for pregame show right now, Ben Goats. Thanks for joining us, Ben, with the Las Vegas Review Journal. Does a great job covering the Vegas Golden Knights and. Now we're going to shift gears and we're going to give something away. Why? Because that's what we do on this show. We like to hook you up. We've got a pair of tickets to Vegas and Chicago tomorrow morning. Well, technically afternoon. It's a 12 o'clock puck drop. We'll be on the air at 11 a.m. with the pregame show. A pair of tickets to Vegas, Chicago. Be caller number six. Caller number six. 702-876-1340. You have won a pair of tickets to Vegas and Chicago tomorrow afternoon. We're back with more on the VGK Insider Show right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. I gotta ask why. 
Why, why the Power Rangers theme song? Well, Power Play scored three goals last night, so they That's were beautiful. they were like the Power Rangers. Yeah, you know, let me let me tell you this right now. Um, there are few shows in the world that I regard as being amazing in the way that the Power Rangers was amazing when I was growing up. Like that is that is the pinnacle of television shows for like a seven-year-old Ryan. You know, I'm telling the, you, I, the, I can't, I can't not do power. Like when I see Power Rangers, when my when my kids get into Power Rangers, when they've gotten into Power Rangers, I lean so hard into it because it's awesome. Yeah, for me, it it was a little uh, before, or I was a little too old. But I remember the show. <laughs> uh, it was a, a, a maybe because I was I think in either eighth grade or high school when it became popular. So obviously, I wasn't really into it. But yeah. I love the old Godzilla movies. Okay. Like the original Godzilla movies, so yeah. um, not these new ones. I, I can't stand them, but the old ones where they have the guy in the suit and he's jumping on models of like trains and stuff. The Power Rangers always had that feel to me, so I couldn't dislike it. And if my little brother was watching it, I would sit down and watch it too. And uh, yeah, it, it, it was cool. I mean, it was one of those things that was was really popular. And like most things, like Ninja Turtles, it kind of faded away, but it's something you'll never forget. Yeah, Power Rangers, Ninja Turtles, uh, it's always a fun time. It doesn't matter how old I get. I'm still right there trying to morph and fight Rita Repulsa. I'm telling you right now, like, I, I will go hard on one of those clay moon things. Anyway, um, VGK Insider Show, no Darren Millard today. He's on location or doing something. Uh, whatever it is Darren Millard does when he's not on the program between the hours of 4 and 6, he's doing that thing however we are here at the underground lounge inside the oil hotel and casino and boy do we have a treat mega death tickets that is what we've got that is our big prize today get down here sign up put your name in the hopper for a mega death tickets if you win you will also qualify for our end of season jersey giveaway so you don't want to miss out on that i'm telling you right now get down here also when you're down here vgk drink specials in effect, in effect before games, during games, awesome stuff. $3 Bacardi, New Amsterdam, Jim Beams, Bud Buckets, five buds for 10 bucks. Like, it doesn't get much better than that. You got great uh, free parking, close walk to T-Mobile Arena. It, it's a fantastic spot to get everything ready and online for you to enjoy Vegas Golden Knights hockey. And the Golden Knights will take on the Chicago Blackhawks tomorrow at noon that means I am doing a pregame show tomorrow before noon. Please be kind to me tomorrow. But before we before we get into our play of the day, which is coming up in the next segment, I, I do want to get Chris Chapman's thoughts on this because Darren and I have talked about it. We talked about it. We brought it up a little bit there with Ben Goats. But the clearest path that I view for the Golden Knights to make the playoffs is the L.A. Kings. Like, I've, I have really been a proponent of this since the Vegas Golden Knights beat L.A. last weekend. When that happened and, the, and that point total between the two clubs went to four points, I looked at it and I said, okay, during the course of, of 18 games left, which is what the Golden Knights had at that point, you can make up four points. And my argument on L.A. is if you win hockey games and you get to within striking distance and you put the pressure on L.A., this is a Kings team that is depleted. This is a Kings team that may not get Drew Doughty back in the lineup. And if you don't believe that that has a negative impact on L.A., I'm telling you it will, especially as you get deeper and deeper and closer to the end of the season. So 
I still look at that, even though right now the, the total discrepancy is five points and LA's got a game in hand, I think the clearest path for the Golden Knights still goes through the Pacific Division and it's either through the LA Kings dropping off or the Edmonton Oilers dropping off. What do you think, Chapman? I, I don't disagree with that. I think that that's the, 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 the clearest path for the, the reasons you laid out. But I also think the fact that you, you look at what Dallas has, and I, I, don't, I haven't looked at their schedule to see who, who they daunting. have. But it's daunting. They have those games in hand, which are always going to be kind of their, their ace in the hole, so to speak, because they know that all they have to do is, is win one more game than the Golden Knights do down the stretch, and they're in the playoffs. So I think they, they'll, they'll have a few extra opportunities to win that extra game. So I do think L.A. is the, the, the clearest path because, like you said, they're banged up. Um, unfortunately, no more, not, no more games for the Golden Knights against the L.A. Kings but when I look at the Golden Knights schedule, there's a game that really pops out at me, and it's towards the end of the schedule, but how big could that game on Tuesday, April 26th, in the Lone Star State be? Could you imagine if that game is basically an elimination game, a loser-leave-town game, yep. so to speak? Because when I look at the Golden Knights schedule, there's a lot of games that they should win. There's a, there's a lot of bad teams on, these schedule, on the schedule, but... I, I, I mean, they have to find a way to win on the road. That's that's the thing. They, look, you've got the two games against Seattle coming up in the middle of next week, and then you have the road trip to Vancouver. To me, those those three games are going to say a lot about whether or not the Golden Knights have a realistic chance to make the playoffs because they don't get the, their, their, their road wars figured out. It's going to be a moot point because they're going to have to win games on the road because about half of them including another road trip through Canada, the Alberta swing, they're not going to be easy games. And you don't think Edmonton and Calgary are going to look at the opportunity to bury the Golden Knights and say, you know what, we don't want to deal with these guys, a fully healthy Golden Knights team in the playoffs. So they're going to look to, to bury the Golden Knights when they have the opportunity. So this team's going to have to find a way to win games on the road. But I do still think the the, the best option is to try to chase down Los Angeles because I think they're better than L.A., uh -huh. and I think L.A. is going to stumble a little bit, so this team has to make sure that they don't stumble as well. So let me ask you essentially the same question, but I'm going to phrase it differently because I think the clearest path and, and probably the easiest path for Vegas is through the Pacific Division, through either Edmonton or L.A. falling off. But what's the most intriguing spot? So say the Golden Knights get into the playoffs, right? Because I think that that's kind of where we're looking at here. If Vegas is able to get into the playoffs, where do you want them to finish for the most intriguing first-round matchup? I cannot wait to see where you go. I have a very, very specific idea in my mind. I want to know what you think, Chapman. Well, I think ideally you want to finish in second or third in the division. You don't want to be the second wildcard team because you look Why? at because I don't think you want any part of Colorado in the first round. What are you talking about? I, I listen. You don't, that, you don't look at that as the as the other way around. Well, I don't think Colorado wants any part of Vegas either, yes. especially if the Golden yes. Knights are fully healthy. But Chapman, Chapman. Okay, let me let me let me try to explain this one to you as best I can. Pete DeBoer has done a masterful job over the last three, four post games of bringing up 
his team's effort, his team's ability to not quit. His team is not the team that had the expectations at the beginning of the year of a cup contender. His team is doing just well enough to keep themselves afloat and in the running and, and pushing toward a playoff spot. He is remarked on their effort. He is remarked on how proud of him uh, he how proud of them he is. When you look at the way Pete DeBoer has positioned things in the media, the messaging that's coming across, what he's doing right now is he's absolving this team from the expectations that they had at the beginning of the year when fully healthy. He is making those expectations more realistic for what this club is right now, and he is getting that out ahead of this team potentially making the playoffs because if they make the playoffs... No one's supposed to expect it right now out of this team as constructed. If they get there, they're going to be playing well. If they get there, maybe they get healthy. And if they get there, the last team in the world that wants to see Vegas in the first round is Colorado. Well, I think the, the caveat to that is if Vegas is fully healthy. It doesn't matter it, if they're... I, uh, I, I, get, I, get I think point. it does matter. No, no, no. I get your point. But the system Vegas plays frustrates... Colorado because they do not change or adjust how they play. Yeah, but I think a big part of that system for, for for Vegas is what makes it go is having Mark Stone and Riley Smith and Braden Chabin. McNabb. Chabin, they've beaten Colorado twice this year without those players in the lineup. <laughs> I, I I still I listen. Colorado is is where's where's the pressure in that series? Well, there's no pressure on Vegas. Exactly. All the and, and I guess no matter when who who plays Colorado, all the pressure in the world is going to be on the Avalanche. And you exactly. know what? Now, the more I think about it, yep. there's actually a team yep. that I think I think there would be a worse place for Vegas to finish than eighth, and I think that's seventh because I don't think Calgary is a very good matchup for the Golden Knights. Like if you're going to see them, I think you'd rather see them in the second round. I'd agree, but. Well, I mean, no, 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 no. If, you, if you're going to see him, you want it to be in the Western Conference Final. Like, if you're, yeah, yeah. you're going to finish, you're going to go across, you're going to play the Central. Like, I think Colorado is the avenue. Just based on the way this year has gone, I would love to see Vegas-Colorado first round because all the pressure is on the Colorado Avalanche. And don't forget the Daryl Sutter comments. Like, as much as, as, much as Daryl Sutter said that because he's, like, trying to be funny and everything – you don't think that that was gamesmanship from Daryl Sutter to get under the skin and into the head of the Colorado Avalanche? Because if, if any wild card team wins so much as a game off of Colorado, everyone's going to look at that as a massive failure for the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, they, they might self-destruct. And if, and if they have to face the team that has the blueprint for shutting them down, oh, look out, Chapman. Oh, look out. It would be amazing. I'm, I'm fully on board. Like, I don't think that the wild card is in play right now for Vegas. I just I think the Nashville Predators are going to be in, and I think the Dallas Stars have too many games in hand. But I think if I had it my way, based on how this season has gone for the Golden Knights, based on how everyone's essentially giving the Stanley Cup right now to the Colorado Avalanche, please let Vegas find a way to play Colorado in the first round. I would love it. I think it would be amazing because I do believe – all the pressure in the world in that series is on Colorado. Yeah, I mean, certainly it, it, it would be, but I think there, there certainly would be some pressure on Vegas, too, if they get everyone back, because then they're going to say, look, this is the team that you assembled to win the Stanley Cup. No, 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 no. They, they're, just, they're just happy to be there. 
I, uh, I, I don't think, I think this I franchise think you, is just happy think, to be there. I think you look at the way this season has gone. I think you look at all the extenuating circumstances and how realistic the expectation was at some point, 15 games left, that they might not make the playoffs. I, I, I will you say are, this. You are ecstatic that you're there, and that, to me, is what has made Pete DeBoer so impressive from a coaching perspective over the last couple of weeks because he's been laying that groundwork. It's found money if you get to the playoffs this year, Chapman. It is. Yeah, and, and, and that aspect of it, you know, there's there's something to be said about a team that has to go in playoff mode before the playoffs start. Yeah. And if this team was to make the playoffs, they'll, they will have essentially have been in playoff mode for the last full month uh-huh. of the season. Yep. And listen, they're, like we said, they're going to have to get hot. They're going to have to win a lot of games in these next 15 to, to, to make the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, they, they're kind of in the playoffs now because... Did I convince you? Oh, a little bit. I still think you'd rather play Edmonton or Los Angeles in the playoffs. But, no, no, I, 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 no. I mean, listen, I'm not opposed to the idea. I do think Calgary is the team that you want to avoid. Chapman, if you, if you want to go through all the adversity... Like, if you want to stack the deck and, like, earn this one, I think you go Colorado. First round, sneak in, wild card, Colorado, and really put it to the level, to the test. I think that would be amazing. I'm rooting for that outcome because I think the Golden Knights, their system, the way they play, they match up so well with Colorado. And this is a team in Colorado that's got to get to the conference final. They, they cannot, they cannot, Chapman lose in the first round they have not dealt with adversity this year they have not been injured they have not gone through what the vegas golden knights have gone through there's no excuse for the colorado avalanche to finish anywhere outside of the top four you put all that pressure on that team that hasn't been able to figure it out out of the second round i like the golden knights chances that's where i'm at that's what i want to see that's my harebrained scheme of where i want to see the golden knights land should they get into the playoffs because i think vegas colorado actually helps the Golden Knights in a first-round matchup. We've got play of the day coming up next. We'll be right back on Fox Sports Las Vegas. No chance to shoot for Stevenson centered. Eichel scores! It's time for the play of the day on the VGK Insider Show. You all know where we're going here. The Golden Knights power play had not one, not two, but three goals last night. It is a three for the price of one play of the day. Sissons hounds him to the right. Stevenson in front. Put off the side of the goal. Rebound. Score. Out in front for Dodonov. He kept on going. Dodonov lifts it home on the backhand. Marcheseau slides it around the rim. He's got Eichel. Top of the left circle. Closing in. He shoots. He scores. Jack Eichel. Marcheseau, left side of the crease. Back to Eichel, left dot, rink wide, one-time shot, score! Chandler Stevenson from the right wing, another power play goal. First time in more than a year, the Knights have scored three times on the power play in the same game. 5-1 Vegas, 5-18 left in the third. Three for five on the power play. The Golden Knights went last night. 6-1 routing of the Nashville Predators. Plays of the day. You got to love that from Vegas. You got to love the ability for the power play to buoy a team that did not score in the two previous games. I love all three. I don't know. I guess I'm kind of partial to Jack Eichel's play because he just makes a play. He just goes to the front of the net. He does what only Jack Eichel can do. 
Uh, you got to love that in that situation from the Vegas Golden Knights. Hour number two coming up. We've got game ratings. We've got one-timers. We've got all that coming up next right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.